Hi, everyone. You're listening to Legacy of Leadership, a podcast from the UAB School of Nursing. My name is Erica Teco, and I'm a marketing specialist at the School of Nursing. Hello, everyone. I am Crystal Chapman Lambert. I'm an associate professor at the UAB School of Nursing, uh, as well as a nurse practitioner at the UAB 1917 Clinic. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. To start off our conversation, I would love to hear about your path to nursing. What led you to uh, to pursue a career in nursing? Wow, let's see. Um, I think initially I wanted to be a doctor, and um, but I was surrounded by people who were nursing assistants or nurses, um, and just watching them uh, care for individuals at work. Um, watching them, you know, even though it was hard work, I feel like, um, you know, it was, it was fulfilling work. And then I was introduced during a pediatric visit to a pediatric nurse practitioner um, by the name of Melinda. And I just felt like I had never heard of a nurse practitioner. And I just felt like she took care of myself and my brother. Um, She spoke to us. She didn't ignore us like, okay, they're just kids. I don't want to talk to them. She spoke to us. She asked us questions. So she was very engaging. Um, And I just felt like she just took really good care of us. Um, So I started looking into this this thing or this profession called a nurse practitioner. Um, And that's really what I wanted to be from that point on. And I think that was probably in elementary school that I identified that I wanted to become a nurse practitioner. And so... That factors into my next question about what what led you to continue your education? What was that path like for you? So I don't think I had any intention of going past being a nurse practitioner. I knew I had to become an RN, get my four-year degree, and then transition to a master's program. So I was prepared for that. Um, But during my undergraduate um, program, and I think I took one class after I finished um, my RN, and one of the professors um, who still actually works at the University of South Florida, her name is Cecile, she encouraged me. She's like, you know, I think you should really pursue um, a a PhD, and I thought, this lady's crazy. Like, I don't want to go to school for that long, but she kept pushing it, and then she introduced me to people who look like me, and that's when, you know, it's like representation matters, so she introduced me to Uh, Dr. Versi Johnson-Mallard, who was a current faculty and PhD and nurse practitioner, and um, Rashida Chandler, who's um, a nurse practitioner, and she was a PhD student at the time, and she was actually a BS to PhD student. So um, I got to interact with them, and I just felt encouraged, didn't really know the purpose or the reason why I should be getting a PhD, but I felt like, okay, this is something I, I can do. So I applied to the BS to PhD program and and that's where the journey um, began. And then looking a little more into your research journey, what was that experience like of getting your PhD and how did you select your research focus? Um, I think I've always been interested in health disparities, and um, it started off as looking at health disparities in um, STIs or sexually transmitted infections in general. Um, You know, why were individuals who were black and brown, um, why why did they have higher rates of certain STIs? And then I really got into the HIV literature and saw that the rates were higher for African-Americans contracting HIV, living with HIV, and dying of HIV-related complications. So I wanted to figure out why. Initially, I I wanted to 
get into the prevention realm and um, find strategies to prevent HIV transmission and increase testing. Um, but then I, I met a few individuals who were positive with HIV and um, that, that, that experience allowed me to transition or motivated me to transition to um, wanting to work with people who have HIV. And how do you hope that your research impacts patients? How do you hope it improves patient care, healthcare in general? Well, I think, again, representation, I think by me being there in the environment when, when in so many cases, uh, many of their providers don't look like them, um, having someone that looks like you in the clinical environment, I think helps and increases trust. Um, but I think finding, doing, continuing to read and do research and, and wanting to improve like medication adherence and wanting to improve quality of life and reduce things like stigma. So just wanted to improve the overall healthcare of, of patients. And in what ways do you work to incorporate the community you're caring for, the Black community, into your research? Well, I think continuing to um, maintain a faculty practice helps with this because I get to interact with patients on a frequent basis. I get to identify um, concerns that they may have and try to identify solutions uh, that may work. Um, and then regarding research, when identifying a strategy that may work and then um, conducting a research study involving um, patients involving those stakeholders and asking, hey, you know, what do you think about this? So getting their buy-in, but also allowing them to help you adapt certain interventions that weren't necessarily made with them in mind, but then you're able to take that intervention and adapt it with their input. So I think it's very important. I think they take pride in that as well. It's like, wow, I got to give some input, you know, um, I, I got to contribute to something that will be, you know, in, in my case right now is for Black women with HIV. So I think the women are excited right now about the current study I have going on. Yeah. Do you have any specific examples um, that you're able to give or you would like to talk about to maybe provide that context? So um, previously I was uh, studying um, stressful life events and how that impacted HIV related outcomes like uh, um, med medical visit adherence and HIV medication adherence. And I actually, um, convened a group of women, some living with HIV and some working in the field, and asked some questions about some stressors um, and about what are how the stressors impact like uh, mental health and, and outcomes. And then that helped me to identify survey questions and qualitative questions to, act, to then ask women. Um, so they, the stakeholders have been very helpful. And in my current study, I'm adapting an intervention to try to reduce stress in hopes to improve outcomes and being able to include women by interviewing them and asking them questions about components. So I'm using mindfulness-based stress reduction as my strategy and asking the women about yoga, like, you know, what are their thoughts about yoga, experiences with yoga, experiences with meditation, because sometimes people equate meditation to Buddhism, I'm not thinking about that meditation can be neutral. So I'm um, just asking their opinions and getting their buy-in. And I think, you know, they are excited about trying it. It's something new for many of them. So I think they're excited to, to try it. That's awesome. And I also love hearing about like the back and forth 
That's awesome. Exactly. Yes. I think, I think more people um, should consider doing that because sometimes we have our own ideas about what we think will work, but it's not actually what the stakeholders want um, or desire. So I think it's good to get their buy-in. And so in addition to your faculty practice and your role um, at the School of Nursing, you're also an associate scientist in the Comprehensive Cancer Center, Minority Health and Research Center, the list goes on. Um, But how do you think that those roles have also impacted your research and why is it important to you to remain involved in these different components across campus and across the country? Wow. Um, sometimes I ask myself why I get myself into involved in all of this stuff. <laughs> you know? I, I have that feeling myself sometimes. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like um, certain centers and organizations like the Center for uh, AIDS Research and um, the Minority Health Research Center, I feel like it opens up doors. Um, it it um, exposes you to senior researchers and even early career researchers with similar interests. Um, it, it also exposes you to different designs and techniques that can be used in, in research, maybe that you had not previously considered. Um, so I, I think it provides a network um, and, and a support system for you and also a place where you can present and get feedback on, on your research. So um, I, I really encourage people to get involved. I'm not saying you have to be involved in, you know, <laughs> more than one, but it, I encourage people to get involved with your centers, look at the mission and the vision um, of the center and the strategic goals and see if they align with your career goals and um, talk to some of the members and consider getting involved. And you mentioned um, the ability to connect with early career researchers. How... Were there any ways that um, involvement helped you as an early career researcher? And how do you hope to help early career researchers um, continue to excel and develop their careers? Well, I think um, getting to know or networking with other early career researchers allows you to find your support system. Um, It also allows you time to vent sometimes um, and also find solutions to some of the issues or some of the challenges that you you may be facing. It also can provide accountability. Um, A lot of us um, got involved or created uh, writing groups where we held each other accountable. We would find out, you know, what is your goal for the year? What is your goal for the semester? And and how can we hold each other accountable? Um, So that was extremely helpful. Um, so I feel like that that's really it. Finding finding your your group, finding your your uh, sangha, and and being able to connect with them and find support. And you know, sometimes venting isn't productive, but sometimes we all need to to vent a little bit. But then also identify some solutions to move forward. So, yeah, and um, ways that I hope to help is by doing the same. Um, being able to support uh, earlier career investigators, being supportive, being able to ask questions and expose them to um, research topics and designs that maybe they had not thought of, and also connecting them with other individuals. Sometimes that's really your purpose is just to connect someone with someone else who can, um, who can help them and support them and advocate for them. So now I want to kind of direct, how did you end up coming to UAB and the UAB School of Nursing? What was your path to Birmingham? 
That path is interesting because I had uh, no intention of coming to Birmingham, Alabama, right? I think I think that's the story for a lot of people. There's no intention of coming to Birmingham, but I had met a faculty member at one of the um, national conferences, which is the Association of Nurses and Aids Care. And I met her years ago and we had a conversation and then um, near graduation, I saw her again at a conference and we got to talking. And of course I told her I was graduating and she was there also recruiting as well as, you know, engaging in scientific activities. So she handed me um, a recruitment pamphlet so that I can read a little bit more about UAB and UAB School of Nursing. Um, And initially I think I ignored it, but I was sitting in a session and I started flipping through the book and I saw Dr. Cindy Sillick in the book. And I was like, first of all, I love her. And um, I met her when I was a student at the, I was an undergraduate student actually at the University of South Florida. And we stayed in contact and she provided a lot of guidance. Um, I didn't even know she left until I saw her picture in that book. And I immediately emailed her during the conference, during that session. And she was like, I think you should consider coming to interview at UAB. And I told her, I don't know about that. (laughs) And she was like, it's not what you think. I think you should come and visit. And, and that led to me applying and, and interviewing and, um, and coming here. And honestly, I think it was the best decision for my career was to come here and to connect with the School of Nursing as well as my HIV colleagues in, in medicine and public health. So it's, it, it was a great decision. I have heard that story before where people don't have the intention of coming to Birmingham or UAB and then they hear a little more about UAB and it just draws them in. So because you came into this role not planning to come to UAB or to Birmingham, were there any things that surprised you or any resources that you've come across that you think made it that best step for your career? Yes. I think a lot surprised me about Birmingham, to be honest with you. I think people have this like image of of Birmingham and of Alabama. (laughs) It's like very country, very rural. And um, when I got here, that wasn't the case. Um, I was like, you know, this is an urban area with, you know, stores and, you know, shopping malls and um, it's prime location to travel um, if you want, you know, be coming from Florida and having to spend, you know, six to eight hours just to get out of the state of Florida and here being able to, to drive for two and a half hours or three hours and be in another city and, 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 um, and have different experiences, I think is, is great. The people also surprised me. I mean, I think everyone knows the history of Birmingham um, and being a, a black female with, at that time I had one son, um, just being a little cautious about moving, you know, um, thinking about racism. But when we got here, everyone was so nice. I mean, I think I moved here and less than a week later, I got caught in the uh, snowstorm in 2014. And of course, I almost thought about leaving. <laughs> so I actually came to work. I had never seen snow, which, you know, people may think that's weird. So I'm outside in the snow taking pictures. And then something said, Crystal, you should probably get in your car and go home, pick up your son and go home. Well, by the time I got out of the parking garage, it was gridlock on the streets. It took me about an hour and a half to get from the School of Nursing to the UAB daycare, which, you know, you could walk there in probably about 10 or 15 minutes. I had to spend the night at the daycare, Um, but everyone was so nice. 
So it reduced my level of stress. Um, you know, I was able to talk to people like Frida who told me, hey, this is how you need to drive in the snow. Um, other colleagues was like, go get gas, go get your son. This is the time to leave. When we got to my um, subdivision, I couldn't get in to the subdivision because there was a patch of ice and a car was stuck on it. Well, a gentleman told me to park my car. He carried my son up the hill and called his wife. She picked us up and took us to our front door. And honestly, I feel like I don't think that would have happened um, in Florida. So that really changed uh, my mind about about Alabama. And I was like, wow, the people here are extremely nice and uh, extremely friendly. So I greatly appreciate it that, um, but hopefully we don't have snow like that again. I mean, I think for anyone looking back on that snowstorm, it was a very difficult time because, but I'm glad that so much good came out of your experience as well. Yes, yes. And then the university itself and, um, all of the resources, you know, I, I think someone compared it to being a kid in a candy store. And I think it's the truth. You can really get involved in so much and, and everyone's willing to help you and um, provide guidance and um, make suggestions for ways to um, find pilot funding or research funding to get to get your career started. So um, I just think that that UAB is a great place. And the, one of the goals with this podcast is to not only let people get to know our faculty and alumni and students, but also hopefully reach out, reach some nursing st- students or potential nursing students um, and let them see all of the different paths you can take and all of the different um, career choices that are available within nursing. So as a wrap-up question, what would you say, what is your advice that you would give to someone who's considering a career in nursing or is maybe in those first few semesters of nursing school? Wow. For someone who is considering getting into nursing, um, I would say do some research about um, the field of nursing and if you know some nurses, maybe ask them a few questions about nursing, the nursing profession, you know, and not just all the good, not just, oh, you'll always have a job, um, but about some of the challenges they they face as nurses. Um, I, I would I would encourage them to do that. And if, and if they can shadow a nurse, um, I think that would be great. And the same goes for a nurse practitioner as well. Um, for nursing students, I would say that... Um, there may be a lot of challenges uh, during during nursing school. I think it's a change. It's a change in the way you study and prepare for things than you possibly did maybe your first two years of college. Um, so I would tell them to, to continue on the path. And for those who are um, underrepresented minorities, I would say, see if you can find a faculty member who looks like you and ask them questions or um you know, maybe try to set up frequent times to talk with them about their career path, about some of the challenges that that they're having, potentially identifying resources for them like tutors. Because um, sometimes when when people don't look like you, you may be a little bit more afraid to ask for help and guidance. So I think, um, and I guess for faculty, just being more present so that the students know that we are here um, for them. So I would just tell them to, to continue on the path. And for those who may not be aware of the various paths like uh, BS to PhD, um, the DMP path, the post uh, master's PhD and DMP, I think, you know, start researching those and start asking questions of, of 
those who are students in the program and those faculty who have gone through the program to kind of get some insight to be able to make um, a decision, an informed decision. That's all great advice. And hopefully if people have those questions and they'll know that we've got faculty who are available and ready to talk um, and hopefully help answer some of those questions. I agree. Just reach out to us. Uh, we, we usually respond to people who reach out to us um, and, and answer their questions. So, Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and uh, talking about your experience in nursing and your research as well. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Legacy of Leadership, a podcast celebrating 70 years of the UAB School of Nursing. Want more from the UAB School of Nursing? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UABSON or on Facebook at UAB School of Nursing. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.